Welcome to Gurgle, a bite-sized podcast from the creators of Ad Nauseam. Looking to whet your appetite for the classics? Gurgle will tickle your taste buds and leave you wanting more. And now, from the Vomitorium, here are your hosts, Dr. David Noe and Dr. Jeff Winkle. Welcome, Ad Nauseam listeners, to Gurgle number two. What is this gurgle business all about again? I'm, I'm a little, um, I'm mystified. Well, remember that the idea was yours, but the title was ours. Yeah, okay, yeah. And the idea is, let's say you don't have a full hour to listen to our classical ravings. That's right, that's let's, right. Let's consume a little bite-sized portion. Right. F- 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So um, given that, we should probably jump right in. Let's go. Right, so uh, in this gurgle, we're talking about the Alexavanos Graffito and its relationship to kind of uh, notions of persecution of Christians under the Roman Empire. We mentioned this, I believe we mentioned this briefly in our episode with uh, Ken Bratt. That's correct. Um, uh, a visit to the catacombs. That's right. A few months ago. So um, this would be a, a great one to pair with that one if you haven't listened to that That's episode. That's right. Yep. It's a good pairing. Yep. yep. So so check out this one. And then if you want to know more about the Roman catacombs, go back and listen to our discussion with Ken. Right. But before we, we dive in, you got a Latin quote for us. Yes, I do. So right. a recurring theme on uh, these gurgles will be a concise quote from some Latin author. So this one is especially apropos of today's episode. It comes from the Roman poet Terence, Publius Terentius Affair. And he says in his Andrea, uh, line 194, Dawa sum non Oedipus. I'm Davis. I'm not Oedipus. <laughs> and, uh, and the idea is, I can't solve riddles. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawa sum. Right. right. So I'm going to be using this, I think, uh, quite a bit in my own life. I'm Dave, not Oedipus. Exactly. Right. So uh, have you seen, you know, have you seen the car keys? Dawa sum non Oedipus. <laughs> you might try it too, right? Hey, Jeff, uh, where'd you like to go for supper? Uh, Jeff assume known Oedipus. Right. Right, exactly, yeah. Don't ask me such difficult okay. questions. <laughs> right. What do you think I am? I think it's kind of interesting, though, because I think when most people think of Oedipus, they don't think of, oh, yes, the great riddle solver. They think no, of they, him for a couple of other things. Yeah, right? they think of incest and, you know. <laughs> and murder. Yes, right, incest right. and murder. So, so yeah, that's it's, it's quite nice, isn't it? That's from Terence, you said. That's from Terence. Dawa sum non Oedipus. Excellent. All right, so the Alexandros Graffito. Um, we'll put a link to uh, an image right in the um, in the episode description. So um, if you're listening to this and you're able to, it'd be great to kind of have this in front of you. But what this refers to is this really mystifying, strange, weird um, piece of graffiti that was found on uh, in a, a place on the Palatine Hill, and actually the slopes of the Palatine Hill that overlooks the Circus Maximus, the great uh, horse racing stadium. Yeah, in, in the, uh, what was it, the so-called Domus Galoitiana? Yes. So it was a, a private, I mean, so... Is that the, where g- gelato was invented? It might be. Okay. Might, might be, can, that's that's Gurgle number eight. Okay. Right? Um, but the Palatine Hill... Uh, if if our uh, audience is not familiar, was kind of prime real estate in ancient Rome. It's where the the emperors had their palaces, where the wealthy Cicero had a house up there. Um, and on one of these houses, kind of on the on the slopes of the hill, they found this um, graffito, and um, it depicts very very crudely um, a person being uh, crucified, uh, but having the head of a donkey. And then beneath the, the the figure on the cross, there's another kind of crude, cartoonish, large-headed figure who has his um, hand raised up in a, a kind of a gesture of prayer or blessing. And then there is a, uh, a Greek inscription uh, carved into the, the plaster there, Alexamenos Sebete Theon, mm. which translates to something like, Alexamenos, you are worshiping your understood God, or right. uh, Alexamenos, worship your God, if you take it as an imperative. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, did 
This is not one of your drawings because I've seen your cartoon work. And... I, I'm a little better than this. Don't okay, you think? all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you had to know that this was written under less than ideal conditions. Right. right. This is like a, a Roman tagger, right? Yeah. Runs up with a spray can and has to get it all done in, in quick order before the police show up. Right. The federales. Right. So exactly right. So apparently the the kind of the archaeological story is that this was discovered in um, 1857, and the story of this this domus was apparently it was um, it was refurbished. It was turned into a, a school, and the, this graffito then was kind of either plastered over, sealed up, as as part of that um, refurbishment of, of the building, and that's why it was preserved. Hmm. Right. And it's an example of onolatry. Is that right? Yes. Can you explain that a little bit? The worship of, of donkeys. Hmm. And this is um, and so what most historians connect this to, although there's not a ton of evidence of this. I mean, there's enough to, to I think, to say that it was a thing. Um, but um, it does seem that there was a tradition amongst um, uh, the pagan, you know, non non Christian, non Jewish Romans, to mock both Jews and Christians as worshippers of of kind of a, a donkey headed god. Hmm. Um, we, I, my understanding of this is that we're not exactly sure where this comes from. Some suggest that um, Romans would mock Jews by connecting the Jewish god with um, the Egyptian Set. Um, who is kind of the villain in the Egyptian story of uh, Isis and Osiris. He's the one who destroys uh, Osiris, kills him. And he's also a, a god that's associated with, with donkeys. And so that by combining that, they, they use that to, to mock Jews. And then by extension, um, seeing Christians as just kind of extension of, of, of Christianity as an extension of Judaism, they mock them in the same kind of way. Okay, yep. okay. So then this appears in some early Christian apologists, right? Mm-hmm. Namely Tertullian and Minucius Felix. Yes. So what is the link? Um, but the, uh, what's the link between? Right. With, how, how does this appear? What's what's uh, what's going on? Well, um, so it, both are telling Minucius Felix. Uh, they're both um, North Africans. Okay. Um, and um, what's interesting, they also see it maybe a bit of this in Apuleius, who was also another North African. So maybe this was kind of a you know, hmm. North African thing. Um, but they talk about it as um, um, Romans are kind of mocking. Mocking Christians and 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 t- saying that we we worship donkeys or we we incorporate donkeys into our rituals and, okay. and both Tertullian and Felix say no not at all this is ridiculous right so they don't really they don't really explain it but they the way that they bring it up in their apologies the assumption is that their readers or their audience will know exactly what they're talking about okay and so I think it's from that that you know historians assume okay this must have been kind of a, a known thing that someone like a Tertullian could just kind of drop it into his text right. and assume everybody knows what he's talking about right yeah. But beyond that, there's not a lot of, you know, certainly not archaeological evidence to kind of seize upon. Um, the literary evidence is very, very thin. Mm. Um, but there's just enough to think, okay, that this was a thing, but what else can we say about it? It's, it's difficult. Okay. Yeah. So we have this quote from Tertullian from his Apologeticum, mm-hmm. his uh, apologetic work, his defense of the faith. Yes. And uh, Tertullian's dates are probably about 180 to 250. Yeah. That's the that's the general consensus. He's most famous for coining the term Trinitas mm-hmm. and coming up with the first uh, Trinitarian formulation in Latin, at least one of the first. So should we read some of the Latin there of the uh, of what Tertullian said, and then maybe we can give a translation? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay, you, so you this take, is, take the Latin. All right, so this is from section 16 of Tertullian's Apologeticum. He says, Nam ut et quidam somniastis caput asininum esse deum nostrum. So I'm just going to read that one line, and then you can uh, give more of the translation, I suppose. Sure. So, um, so here he's saying that, um, uh, well, somniastis is that you have, um, you must, you have, you've dreamed. You, you've dreamt, you've, right? You've dreamt. You're that. delirious. 
that you think, right? Delirious. That's that's a good, right? Yeah. So you, you're delirious to think that our that our God has the head of a donkey. Yeah, that's right. Has yeah. a donkey's head. Yep. And then he says in in the following sentence, he he um he says that Tacitus uh, mentions this, right? Correct. Right. Right. And then he goes on to say, um, I'll just give the translation. He says, um, but but recently in this city, he's talking about Carthage. What is really a new representation of our God is made public, since a certain criminal hired to trick the wild beast, exhibited a picture with an inscription to the following effect, the Christian God, the offspring of a donkey. Hmm. He had donkey's ears, one foot hoofed, and was dressed in the toga and carried a book. Hmm. So someone was apparently kind of forced to go on public display um, to kind of um, advertise this kind of mockery huh. in town, and the yeah. book, of course, would be a copy of the Gospels, or I guess so. The you know the Jewish scriptures, or the whole Bible, or something like that. Right, 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 right. So I think it's I think it's it's um, I think it's fairly safe to connect um, you know this this graffito um, with these same kind of ideas, and so they were certainly that it's evidence that it was not only going on in North Africa, but it already had. Um, had um, had kind of suffused Rome in some mm-hmm. kind of way, although it's very difficult to date this. Um, the um, the graffiti, the Alexander graffiti, we think somewhere between the first and third century. Oh, that's quite a stretch. It's quite it's, a stretch. Right, we quite a range. There's not a lot of comparative, you know, evidence there. But one of the things that that strikes me, I think the the interesting question questions that this uh, raises is, and this is something I'd love to talk about on the podcast later is. Um, persecution of Christians under Rome, right? I think that there's this, and we talked about this with Ken Brad too, right. that there is kind of this general kind of popular idea that Christians were always under kind of the the, the jackboot of the Romans, and, right. you know, being dragged out and thrown to the lions in the Colosseum. And a lot of that comes from these popular books and movies of the late 19th century, early 20th century, right? right? Quo Vadis and... Uh, Ben-Hur. All that. All that, all that kind of stuff. The robe. And so, um, and I think that... that um, distorts the picture, mm-hmm. right? And so my sense of kind of uh, persecution of the Christians has always been that there were these intense flare-ups. You know, Highly punctuated. Right, Nero, very Di- Diocletian. Yes. But mo- for most of that, those kind of first 300 years of um, of the Roman Empire, three 400 years, it was mostly kind of, I think, kind of a, a weary, kind of irritated semi-tolerance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and some contempt as well. Contempt, right. I mean, th- these... What was really odd about the Christians was not... So much maybe the identity of their god, but the exclusivity. Yes, right. They they found that maybe at best just weird and yes. off and off putting and fairly impolite yeah. as well. You didn't want Christians showing up to one of your parties because who knows what kind of absolutist things they would say. Right, right. The right. Romans were very comfortable bringing into Rome all different manner of deities, right? Yeah. From the great mother in Sibylle and. And uh, you conquer a city, you bring in their gods, and you worship their gods. Right, right, right. Exactly. As as subordinate to or somehow similar to your own. So the great Roman instinct for syncretism, right? Yes. The Greek gods, well, they're just like ours. You know, Zeus is Jupiter and Hera is Juno. It's just, let's all be friends. Come on in, we'll give them our own kind of flavor. Exactly. And, And then you mix them with your... Your local gods of the of the groves and the rivers. That's right. right. But Judaism, with its uh, exclusive monotheism, and then Christianity as an offgrowth of that, was very offensive. Right. Right. Exactly. And some have read, um, you know, so you know, Apuleius's Metamorphoses, which is you know the book I wrote my dissertation on. Right. And involves this character being uh, transformed into a donkey and spending most of this novel as a donkey before being rescued by the goddess Isis. Some have read that that book, which again dates almost exactly to the same time as Tertullian and Felix, um, as kind of an anti-Christian or at least anti-Jewish fable. Mm. There's even a line in the in the Metamorphoses where he um, um, Apuleius refers to the uh, 
uh, the, the, the hated um, curse of monotheism or something mm. like that. And so something that just Lucius turning into a donkey and then being rescued by, rescued by the very syncretistic Isis. Right. Um, Apis is saying um, the syncretistic pagan way is better. Right. And so, I don't know. That could hold some water. I think it kind of folds into this whole, this whole uh, soup here. Okay, so I think one of the things that also um, kind of fascinates me about this graffito is that I think it's very easy to kind of look at this graffito and it's an evidence of more or less one, right? And to kind of go from there and say, okay, this is what this is what Romans thought of Christians. And I think it's an easy kind of jump from there to say to to that kind of that popular idea that uh, the Romans were after the Christians all the time. Hmm. Um, and I think that's I think you need to put the brakes on a little bit because um, there's not a lot of um, other that well, there's in Rome. There's no other evidence of things like this, as far as I'm aware. Right. And then in places like Herculaneum and Pompeii, you know, which have preserved a lot of graffiti, um, as far as I'm aware, there's almost nothing referring to the Christians. Not. Yeah, the, there's one possible exception. I was okay. just doing a little bit of digging. There aren't any negative portrayals of Christians at Pompeii. Okay. There's a lot of questionable evidence. There are a number of uh, potential cross symbols in the graffiti of Pompeii, but those could be accidental. They could be not referring to the, the cross of Christ, something uh, altogether different. But there is an interesting inscription, which has been hotly contested. It was discovered very early, back in the 17th century, um, sorry, back in the 19th century, uh, around 1862, Giuseppe Fiorelli, and I'm, I'm relying on the Roger Pierce website here, uh, who found this inscription, not Pierce, but this this early archaeologist. And we have this inscription, which seems to read something along the lines of Bobios audit Christianos sevos osores, which when translated, if it's genuine, could mean Bovio is listening to the Christians, those cruel haters. Those cruel haters. Right. So the Christians are the cruel haters? Yes, okay. they are the ones who are... Uh, not connected well with the rest of humanity ah, okay. because of their monotheism and the strangeness of their practices, right. okay. the strangeness of their habits. Now, I find that although this inscription's um, authenticity is contested, I find it's it's probably authentic. And the reason I tend to think so is because we have the correspondence between Pliny and Trajan, mm -hmm. which is not even 20 years, maybe 30 years after, after, this. after this event. Right. So it's entirely plausible that there were Christians in Pompeii, not according to the legends of a Jewish hotel or a Christian hotel and the other kinds of things that have grown up around it. Yeah. But this inscription is is very believable. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'd buy that too. So it, so Pompeii is buried in 79, right? And that's um, a decade or so after the great Neronian persecution, right. right? So, I mean, it's very plausible that those kinds of sentiments could have um, you know, spread from Rome For to, sure. uh, to the south uh, very, very easily. All right, so we're up against our Google time limit. But I would like to end with the detail that in the domus where they found the donkey graffiti, there's another, uh, in, in the next room, there was an inscription that read simply, Alexamenos Fidelis, Alexamenos the Faithful. Yes, right? um, and as well, Fidelis is a, a term that Christians would use of themselves. Yeah, right. So right. So Alexander, Alexamenos is a believer. He's a believer. Maybe he wrote that himself in response to the nasty graffiti about himself. Could be. Maybe from one of his uh, his, his schoolmates. Who there knows? You go. Who knows? But um, fascinating stuff. But we Absolutely. Got, we got to go. We so let's go. say thank you to Ken Tamplin for giving us the, uh, the excellent music for the intro and the outro. As always. From a great uh, song called Death by Inches. Yeah, excellent. I love that title. That fits, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Let's also quickly thank our sponsors. We yes. want to thank uh, Racial Coffee. What's the coupon code for 15% off the Ratio 8? It is A-N-C-O-5-J. That's correct. Yes. In your honor, I suppose. We want to thank Hackett Publishing. Yep. 
Their uh their coupon code AN2022. Yes, and that'll get you 20% off uh, and free shipping. That's correct. Uh, our newest sponsor, Pop City Popcorn, down in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes. That code for all first-time customers is ANPOP20, A-N-P-O-P-2-0. You get 20% off your first order. Excellent deal. And what about the Moss Method? You want to study some Greek, go to mossmethod.com and uh, check out our new program. You have until June 1 uh, to get this current price of $2.99 before it goes up to $3.25. That and my Latin offerings at latinperdm.com slash LLPSI. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.